Welcome to the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Catani, and the founder of Catani Capital Group. For the last two years, I've been studying alternative assets and now help solve the problem of creating passive cash flow for creators, influencers, and busy professionals by bringing you five episodes a week of easy to understand education in the world of passive investing. What's up, guys? Happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of Friday Follow Up here on the Cashflow Chronicles. I am your host, Johnny Katani, and we've made it through another week. How sweet it is. May is rolling right along. Uh, April went by in a flash. It appears May is going to do the exact same thing. That's what happens when you're busy. A lot going on, as I imagine, uh, for you guys as well. So much is happening, right? I mean, A, warm weather finally around, which means, you know, plans are starting to happen, traveling's picking up. But on the business side of things, and uh, more specifically real estate, transaction volume starting to pick back up. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, some trends that are starting to happen uh, economically, how they relate. Uh, no new news. If you listened on Wednesday's episode, there is no new uh, update on where we're at for the U.S. Uh, default crisis, default gate, as I just <laughs> decided to name it. Uh, but we don't have an update yet. So I will keep you guys updated as we see things moving along there. But um, nothing to report. So hopefully no news is good news, but we shall see. So. Uh, before we do anything, though, before we get into anything, guys, don't forget, go to thecashflowchronicles.com, thecashflowchronicles.com, same name as the podcast, can't mess it up, and sign up to be on my list, all right? A lot of big things are coming. If you're a brand new investor, there's a sweet new video series about to launch that will help you uh, really understand passive investing and how to get started uh, make you feel more confident. So really excited about that. And then of course, if you want to hear about the deals that are coming up, you've got to be on the list. Uh, they're only going to go out to the list uh, because really what's going to happen, you guys, is is as we move forward, there's still uh, there's still a fair amount of non-accredited investors. And you know, of course, the goal would be to have everybody be accredited, but that's that's not possible. So, uh, and I don't want to keep non-accredited people out. Although, uh, you know, raise masters Hunter really pushes to only do five or six C's and raise from accredited investors only. There are, uh, in fact, I just had a conversation yesterday with a non-accredited investor who has a significant amount to invest. So I'm not going to, you know, take that away. Although we do have a 506C coming out for credit investors. You can go listen to that pod cast a couple of weeks ago. Um, that's still in the due diligence phase. So I'm not going to say for sure that's coming out, but things are looking good. Um, but I've brought in some, uh, some independent experts, some people who work in oil and gas to review that deal for me. In fact, I've got another conversation tomorrow with another independent expert. And if I get the two green lights from both people, then we are going to be off and running. And uh, that's going to fill up quickly. Um, so very, very excited about that. So go join the list. Again, thecashflowchronicles.com. Join the list. And of course, in order for 
us in order for you to receive a 506B opportunity, we have to have an established relationships. That's an SEC rule. Don't want to get in trouble with the SEC. That means we need to have a phone call. So please join the list. Let's get on a phone call and let's get you guys. Let's establish a relationship. I want to get to know you guys, right? And even if this deal doesn't work out for you, uh, you know, it's not a good fit. That's totally fine. But, you know, if, you know, more deals come up, especially if it's a 506B, they're only going to go to my list. With 506Cs, I could literally go, you know, rent a billboard downtown. But with 506Bs, it can only go to the list and it can more specifically only go to the list that I have a relationship with. So uh, keep that in mind. And, you know, I've talked about being on lists. It's it's important to be on lists, even if you're not ready to invest, because it's important to see the different deals, webinars. I've talked about all of that, uh, including, you know, uh, sending out a webinar checklist. So anyway, enough about that. Uh, very, very excited to uh, chat with you guys. So today, what we're going to talk about really quickly, uh, I just want to go over what's kind of happening in terms of transaction volume. I'm going to talk about both commercial and residential real estate. Um, I own a house, so I've been paying attention to residential real estate because quite frankly, not that I'm in a huge hurry to sell my house, but there's a good amount of equity in there. And I've been paying attention in the sense that, you know, I want to know when things start to pick back up. Now, as we all know, the Fed last week raised the overnight rate. It's now up to five from five to five point two five percent. Typically you're going to get prime plus two. So you're going to get that plus 2%. So interest rates are anywhere from six to seven and a half, even 8%, depending on your, your credit. So typically what that would mean is that would mean that uh, home prices should go down and they are, they are going down, but there's a caveat to that. They're only going down so far, and it's not much. I think the median average is one. Uh, let's see. So the uh, existing existing sell price. So the prices have fallen 0.9 percent since last March, but the home sales, so transaction volume, is down 22 percent. What does that mean? Well, typically, if you saw transaction volume fall like that, you would logic would tell you that home prices should be coming down. However, when you see that they've only come down 0.9% year over year, what does that tell you? Well, it's like I've been saying, we're in a very stagnant market because unfortunately what has happened is we are very undersupplied as a country as a whole. And because of the undersupply and because people are still trying to buy a house and more specifically, not even new home buyers have been priced out pretty regularly, but first time home buyers don't make up the entire pop, you know, the entire piece of uh, transaction volume. The other side of it are those who are trying to either upgrade or downgrade more specifically, or, um, the largest group of that being the group trying to upgrade. And so what does that mean? Well, the reason that they can't upgrade is because 
interest rates are up so high and home and we're still so undersupplied that home prices aren't meeting, you know, there there's supposed to be an equilibrium, right? Where interest rates go up and home prices come down. And eventually the market really uh, corrects itself in order to meet that. But that is how undersupplied we are as a nation, that that equilibrium has not happened. And so what is happening is we're getting to the point where there might be a real conversation that we are going to have to live with higher than 2% uh, inflation, meaning the Fed is going to have to settle on, you know, three to 5% inflation. Now, I don't think that they would settle at 5%. However, what's happening is consumers are getting used to the high inflation. And so the Fed is has will have a decision to make. Do they force a recession by, you know, raising uh, interest rates, you know, I mean, something astronomical like two, three, four, five hundred basis points. So that would be two, three, four, five percent. So potentially up to 10, an overnight rate of 10 percent and force a recession and essentially bring the entire country to its knees. Or do they, you know, continue to monitor it and eventually say, okay, well, the new target inflation is 3% or 3.5% or even 4%, right? And so what does that look like? Well, that would look like, you know, basically continuing on the path we're on and maybe not necessarily raising interest rates again. The new CPI came out. Um, inflation currently right now at 4.9%. So it's coming down, but ever slow slightly. If you remember a month earlier in March, it came down, it was at 5.1. So that's 0.2%. It's not Things aren't moving very quickly. And part of that is real estate. Real estate is certainly a factor in the CPI. And with prices not coming down at a rate that you would typically expect due to the undersupply, it begs the question, are prices ever going to come down as low as you would expect without raising interest rates astronomically and literally forcing it to happen? So... It's certainly something we keep an eye on. And as we move to uh, commercial real estate, commercial real estate operates uh, a little bit differently. Now, certainly there's still an equilibrium between interest rates and uh, and asset prices. However, the difference between, the biggest difference between residential and commercial is that the longest fixed rate and actually the longest term you can get for a commercial asset is 10 years. Whereas, you know, obviously we're all familiar within the residential space. You can get up to a 30 year loan, meaning you can have the same rate for 30 years. And that's part of the issue is that because you can be locked in for 30 years, like I'm locked in at 4.125, right? Which means I don't need to sell right now. Right. And and a lot of people are in that same situation where they're sitting, you know, below 4%, 4% and below for their mortgage. And although they want to 
you know, a lot of people want to upgrade. Let's say, you know, their family's growing and they're outgrowing their home. Well, when you're sitting on such a great interest rate, there's no reason to sell unless you absolutely needed to. And, you know, unless you were forced to by, you know, you had to move to a new city or something for like a job, you don't need to sell because that would mean going out into the buyer's market and getting a six to 8% interest rate and having to deal with these prices that haven't really dropped. So you guys can see how this is all congruent and symbiotic and all works together. Now on the commercial side of things, it's a little bit different because over the next couple of years, these, you know, fixed rate 10 year mortgages or excuse me, 10 year yeah, mortgages more or less 10 year debt, fixed rate debt. Eventually it will have to come to a refinance or a sell, right? Some kind of disposition. That's the only way, right? You reach the, you know, maturity for your, for your loan. You have no choice. You either have to sell it or refinance it. So that's the risk that's happening in the commercial side, which is forcing prices down, which is why you've heard me talk about some of these distressed sellers having to sell because, you know, if you've got a three and a half, four percent interest rate and your loan is at maturity, you're not going to go out and refinance to a six and a half, seven, eight percent uh rate, right? And you're most likely not, I mean, you're most likely not exploring any kind of, you know, floating rate debt because we're not really sure what's going to happen. And those floating rate debt, you know, they're typically resetting every two years. And we're not guaranteed that in two years, interest rates have gone down. So it's very, very interesting time, very interesting market dynamic. It's brand new. We've never seen this before. So it's absolutely something to keep an eye on. And I will certainly be keeping an eye on it and keep you guys updated. We'd love to hear your guys' opinion, though, what you guys think is going to happen, you know, where you foresee things going. You've probably heard on a lot of my interviews, you know, anytime someone wants to talk economics, I ask them to pull out their muddy crystal ball and give me their future, you know, kind of their predictions. A lot of people kind of in the industry are saying survive to 25, meaning, you know, do what you can to get to 2025. And that's when things will start to trend back in the right direction. I still believe that as well. We could also start to see interest rates move down next year. However, if, you know, inflation is still, you know, Q3, Q4, if inflation is still in that 4% range, I wouldn't put it past the Fed to continue to move interest rates up. Now, at what scale they do that, that remains to be seen. Uh, you know, if they think that it's moving too slowly, then we could see another 50 basis point hike to try to expedite that. So a lot to keep an eye on. A lot of questions still to be asked. A lot of questions need to be answered. So we'll certainly be keeping an eye on that as always, as you guys know. Hope you guys have an amazing weekend. Hope you got big plans. I'm headed down to St. George, Utah to play in a sand volleyball tournament. Very, very excited for that. So wish me luck. Have the best weekend. Of course, as always, follow me on Instagram at Johnny Katani, all social media at Johnny Katani, J-O-N-N-Y-C-A-T-T-A-N-I. And again, thecashflowchronicles.com to join my list and get access to all the best 
content value and of course awesome deals coming your way thank you guys so much for listening i will talk to you next week see ya thank you again for tuning in who do you know that wants more cash flow share this episode with them so you can grow your cash flow together if you enjoyed the show make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice so you never miss a new episode go to katanicapitalgroup.com to learn more